everyone. This is Sparky T. Welcome to the Radical Lounge. We have Stoney and the Bishop with us today. Today we're going to be having a conversation about the Black Lives Matter movement, what it means, and have really open, raw discussions about the meaning, the missed message, and, and talk about solutions and how we can help open some minds and some ears and some hearts to the real to the real message and the real meaning of what's going on in our world today. This is a this is a global movement that's important. Um, important, I don't even think is a strong enough word, but we decided to do this podcast to have really open and raw conversations. And um, I brought on an amazing guest today, the bishop, to kind of take the lead and, and educate ourselves uh, and our listeners and, and shine some light on what, what this really means for not just the black community, but the world um, today and for the future. So with that said, I'm going to hand it over to the bishop. Welcome, guys. Hi, thank you. Thank you for, thank you for having me. Um, you know, I was thinking about it, and I, I think where it would make sense in the course of the dialogue is to um, first maybe get like a perspective or a thought from someone in the white community of what they believe Black Lives Matter means to them. Because the uh, talk that we've been pushing in the movement has been going for a while and sometimes it falls on deaf ears. And so I think part of my, my, my concern is, like, hey, look, let's have a dialogue and a conversation that says, what does it mean to you? What are you seeing and how are you taking that? Like, what are we conveying to you that you may not necessarily receive the message the way we're intending it? Because in my mind, it sounds very clear, but there's people that tend to completely just skate over what we're saying and saying, hey, you know, all lives matter, blue lives matter. No one is actually ever really saying that our lives don't, our lives matter over anyone else's. Um, and so, you know, I feel like I want to know where that message is getting lost or why people tend to feel. And if maybe, you know, maybe one of you guys can even help me with that. Like, I know maybe I should start off the dialogue, but I feel like I want to start with a question. Sure. Of where does that come from in your perspective? Like, where do you think that message got lost? Right. Uh, I'll, I'll start with it. I know in the... Right, so the the first Black Lives Matter movement was in in 2013, um, and I don't know. For me, I don't felt like it was ever lost. Like it it was it seemed very clear to me. Though when I when I heard somebody like the white people say all lives matter, I, my like my instant heart was like, yeah, all lives do matter. It, and so it wasn't like an against or for one or the other, but Mm -hmm. it was my heart and feeling like, well, why can't it be all inclusive? Mm -hmm. Um, But then I had to have those conversations because, you know, I I think just as a person that's not in the middle of it, um, you're not hearing the full conversation, you're not hearing the full message, so you're just getting what the media shots are throwing at you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, it really just took me having conversations of like, you know, cause then, then I heard, you know, the black lives matter side come back and say like, no, this isn't what we're saying. And so for me, um, you know, as I've said to many other people, like I'm, 
probably the whitest of all of my friends. Um, and so uh, fortunately I have, I have a support group that I can go to and say, you know, what does this mean? You know, break, like, please break it down for me. And so, um, they did. And once they made that clear, then I was like, okay, cool. And they were like, and, and what you can do in your part is to, um, spread the message that, you know, what black lives matter mean and that all, that it's not saying that all lives don't matter. And so, um, even in the beginning, you know, back then it's like, as a white person, I've, I have felt very confused as to where do I step in and help? How do I help? Where do I not overstep, you know? Um, and, and how it's, it was like, how can I be, how can I be the helpful white person without being like, I don't, and I don't even know what the word is. You know what I mean? It was like, mm-hmm. and so I know like way back like through my life sometimes, and, and I say this, but, th- but also know this about me. I, I'm saying that and I've asked that question because I am forceful. Like I'm forceful and I'm fierce and I don't hold back. Like I'll be the first one to stand up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've had some some people be like, Tony, you know, you, you do have to remember like you're not black. And I'm like, I know, right, I know that. <laughs> um, so, so all that to say, I guess, and get back, it, it, for me, it wasn't that confusing, but I, I hear it so much. and. And I have those conversations with people to help, you know, try to help them understand. Um, Because I wish that I, I, in my mind, I wish that the two could join forces, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I feel like more and more the message is getting out of, you know, it's a matter of, you know, I've seen, you know, great posts. It's like, yes, all lives matter, but black lives are in danger and we need your support. So until all of our lives matter, then all lives don't matter. And I, the more I kept seeing that, the more I was like, I love this. And like, mm-hmm. how do we get that out to a bigger audience? So that's, yeah. that's, that's mine. Yeah. What about so, you, Stone? Um, I, I definitely, back when this all first started in 2013, I was one of those people that ranted around all lives matter. Um, a lot of it was because well, my personal feeling on it was there wasn't anybody really expressing what Black Lives Matters movement was. It was felt more like they were just trying to cram it down your throat and almost make it feel like they were just saying all black lives or only black lives matter. Um, and I mean, from my perspective, I didn't delve too deep into it at the time. Um, a lot of it probably because it kind of, I mean, it never, it never goes away, but it kind of faded out of the spotlight when it, when all this tragic stuff happened again was more when there was, I feel more educated responses that came out to what black Lives matters movement meant. And so I know from my perspective, I get it now. I know you know, I understand at least in the aspect of what the message or from my perspective, what the message is that they're trying to get across on how it's, you know, almost to like what Tony had said, it's where, you know, it's not just, just about black lives matters. Everybody's life does matter, but as the black people are the ones getting, um, the persecution, all the hatred put on them as opposed to everybody else out there. So until one group is null from this, I mean, no one should be having to deal with this. 
at all. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And I think to me, and, and I, when I, I don't know, it, it seems like common sense to me. Like, I say this, if, if you believe that all lives matter, then why are you not standing beside us? Yeah. Like, yeah. That, to me, that's as simple as it is. It's like, okay, we agree, all lives matter. So help us, you know, we're in danger. Um, you know, I equate it to if, if you came running outside and you told me your house was on fire, but I decided to water my own house. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Instead of yeah. putting oh, yeah. on your, you know what I mean? That's really, all we're saying is, hey, you're saying, listen, my house is the one that's in need right now. And I may just be saying, well, listen, I don't want anything to happen my house. My house matters too. So I want to take, you know, I'm just going to worry about mine. Or I'm going right. to worry about everyone else's house. Right. That's, it's like, okay, we're in triage right now. So you, you have to look at who needs to help in this moment. Right. And, and I think that I don't know where the, the anger comes from against the Black Lives Matter. And I think that is very, like, disheartening to me. Yeah. Because I've never gotten the, the, the feeling that anyone in that movement is saying, that they matter over anyone else. They're right. just saying we matter too. Yeah. Black lives matter also. Hey, yeah. don't forget about us. Yeah. Um, it's it's difficult, and and I think a lot of it has to come with uh, exposure and experience. And if you've never been in any of these circumstances where things have happened to you simply because of the color of your skin, you almost have a hard time relating to them. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, I can I can give you the first time a police officer put a gun on me. I was 16 years old, um, and I was with my friends leaving another friend's apartment. They saw us come out of the apartment, and they pulled guns on us and still charged us with trespassing. Wow! Um, after they saw us leaving our friend's apartment, wow. um, but they had you know, and back then, at 16 years old, it didn't it didn't dawn on me how terrible that could have been. Because when we turned the corner, the first thing I see is a gun pointing. My right. instinct was to run. So I turned around and there was another cop on the other end of the hall with his gun pointing. So then they both were like, we're police officers. So we knew then to stop. But my first instinct that I see a gun in the dark, it's time yeah, to get out of run. here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, this is what no I No one's like, hey man, what's going on? Yeah, like, what's going on? It's a gun. Like, I don't know what's going on. Exactly. So, you know, in, in you know fast forward 30 years and I'm sitting here thinking to myself that could have went so different you know that it, it could have just the, the pull of a trigger I could have been a hashtag at 16 17 years old um, all because he suspected that he saw four black kids in an apartment he had to be up to no good right you right. know it, it, it's, but these are the things that happen constantly but the first time that I also can say, I, I, I lived in uh, Kuwait for three years and um, I went into the store and, and not to say that I feel like this is justifiable, but it was a very good lesson. One of my white friends needed to go to the electronics store and I used to go there all the time. Um, and he would go too, but he needed a laptop that specific day. I didn't need anything, I just rolled along. So we get in the store and in, in, in that country, what I learned is that they felt the oppression, the oppression that oppression that we've dealt with 
So there was a certain level of sympathy towards black people there that I didn't necessarily feel here. And they treated us in a way that it was completely refreshing because it was like, okay, they valued me as a human. It had nothing to do with anything more than we know you've been through some stuff. Yeah. Hey, listen, we're not gonna make this any work for you than our ears, you know? Yeah. And so we, we, we go into the store and we're there for about 15, 20 minutes. I'm just walking around looking at different electronics. Every employee in that store walked up to me to ask me if I needed help. Yeah. Every last one of them. None of them would help them. Wow. And he was so upset. So upset. And, and I told him, I said, rightfully so, you should be pissed off. Like, you're the one that needs service. They're not paying attention to you. Your money is good here. He's like, exactly. And so I had to explain to him, you know, that's my life every day in the U.S. Yeah. You know, I deal with that every single day that people make preconceived notions about me simply because I'm black. And they make these assumptions that they have not based on anything other than the color of my skin. And I get treated differently because of it every day. And I said, it's wrong for you to feel it. But the next time you're in a situation where you have to look at bias in the face, you can say that you know what it feels like. And and I feel like when people can get a a taste of that, not necessarily saying they need it, but for those people who who don't necessarily want to like grasp onto, hey, that there's something really wrong out here. Maybe you need a taste of this so you know, like, this is screwed up. You know, because nobody really cares about a lot of things until it happens to them. You know, right. it's just it's just the nature of who we are. We don't think about a lot of stuff until it happens to me. When we ride by the car on the side of the road, we look and say, oh, it's not me. Yep. But then when you get a flat tire, you're like, everybody's riding by and nobody asked me if I need help. Right. You know? Right, <laughs> you know? right. So we, we don't think about it until, it's, until we're in that situation. And I, and I think we're in a place now where even to your point, Stoney, you said before that there was an educated response later on. I feel like that response was educated then, but I feel like it was rooted in a little bit more raw emotion. And so what people heard was the anger. And it, it, it sometimes may have gotten drowned in the, you know, the message got drowned in that. But the message was always still the same. Um, you know, it when it started in 2013, there was sequentially deaths every year since then. It's never stopped. It's just that certain times we get a little bit more publicity than others. But there's the, the hashtags could go on forever. Um, there's so many people that have died in police custody. And I'm the first one to say that. I don't believe that it's just a, police, a white police officer that is against it. I believe that there's a bias that's just inherently there based off of that whole policing system. So I believe that there is a reform that needed, that's needed there and a training that's needed there because of the implicit bias that they sustain just in everyday life. So I do believe that. But yeah. at the same time, people are angry. People are upset. The emotions are here. And, they, and you're going to feel that. What they're doing now, the protesting they're doing now is no different than they did then. But for some reason, people's eyes are a little bit more open to it today. I don't, I don't understand what the climate change was that has sparked that. But I've done some protesting in my in my area, and I've done some marches. And I'll be honest, I've seen more people that don't look like me at these marches than people that do. Nice. And that is very, very refreshing to see because it's like maybe people are getting it now. Yeah. You know, people are looking at me and saying, you know what? We got you. We understand. The world is seeing it. You got other countries that are saying, what you guys are going through is screwed up. And we don't want you to have to go through that either. When 
people are marching in other countries for something that's happening here, you got to understand that it's got to be bigger than what you feel is just all lives matter. Like, and if no one can't recognize that, that concerns me. Because yeah. how can you not see that the world is taking notice, but you're the one that's saying, but no, there's nothing wrong. You know what, Bishop, if I can interject really quick, I think yeah. definitely like now I'm, I'm waking up. I definitely feel like you hit the nail on the head. The, the, the biggest problem to me is, is that you're, when you're white, you live in a white privileged world. So just like you said, we don't live those experiences day to day that are normal to um, people of color in, the, in their communities. Like the norm for us is not worrying about or being, or even like having on our minds or like having to teach our kids like this is how you need to act if you see it get pulled over or this is you know like i have learned so much and like hearing and just like in tears hearing the parents tell this like the raw truth of of what they have to have the conversations they have to have with their kids and so i think that the real issue why it's all lives matter and we're not getting the the point over here is because they don't live that life they have no no concept of what it means and i think part of that problem is is that the media i mean there's two parts right like you're a human being so you have you have the means and the tools to seek out the knowledge and the information or you also have the the means to just stay in your bubble and pretend that everything is okay and i think that that's the biggest problem is that white america has 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 been molded and allowed themselves to to just sit in this comfy little bubble and say well no we're not a racist country what are you talking about like that stuff ended years ago with like you know martin martin luther king like we everybody's free and everybody can vote and you know it's it's unfortunate there's just a lot of black people they're just all criminals and they're all in jails because that's mm-hmm. what we and you know so like it's fed it's it is, it is subconscious it's subliminally fed you know and it's and it's blatantly it's taught fed. to you in school and it's taught to mm-hmm. you in schools like our history i mean every mm-hmm. in every way it's taught and and then the other thing is is that i think that the white the white people we have this thing where it's like oh sh- you know we'll, we'll talk about it quietly over here but we don't say anything out loud because that's not proper you know mm-hmm. and so so that happens and so there's a lot of like side conversations of like did you see that shit that's really horrible but there's no there is no like they, they've been given this message that like you just don't you keep to yourself you know you mind mm-hmm. mind your business mm-hmm. um and you be you be proper and you be a proper white person and you just don't you know and so i think all of those things add to that and, you know, I watched this video and I think they arrested the couple and I don't remember what town it was in, but you know, they have the big um, Black Lives Matter, the yellow and painted on the street, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it's this white couple that is out there. Painting over, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw over. that too. And, 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 and honestly, that video is, is what, you know, cause like I told you Bishop, like I've been wanting to do something like this for a long time and it was that video and here's what it was in that video that sparked me that I was like nope now's the time to do it because we need to start having these conversations is the crazy crazy white man that was out there with his wife throwing the black paint over 
um, was screaming at the other person saying all lives matter. And as they were yelling in anger at each other, it's like they were saying in, in this, in a sort saying the same thing, but missing each other. Absolutely. Completely. Because the guy actually said, no, I don't think my life matters more than yours. Your life matters just as much as my life and my life matters just as much as your life. And I went now out of this video, a, I wonder how many people are even going to hear that little tiny part of it. Mm -hmm. And B, there you go. Like, that's the issue is that we've got people like they're just in this argument and it's out of anger. And so they're missing the implied and, and people are feeling attacked when they're not attacked and people are not hearing like, hey, we need your help, you know, mm -hmm. and 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 you said something so very true. And it is common sense. When you say all lives matter, then that should include us. And if that's what you really mean, then why are you not here? <laughs> Yeah. Standing by our side. Every, so, everybody's um, letting the anger take over. They are. Yeah. Um, and it's like the anger is justified. And I think that to touch, you know, quickly again on another point you brought up with the global thing, it's like my, I think there, I know that there are more people, more white people that this time are, are they have been over it. But this time they're like, you know what? That's about enough. Like that's about enough yeah. shit. Like I'm not gonna be quiet anymore because I've done fucking had it, mm -hmm. and um, and so they're coming out, you know. And I think that's where it's hitting, and it's global. And I think it's true. Like everybody's sick and damn tired of it, and they're sick and damn tired of being told how to be, when to say, what to say, who to say it to, you know, and how to fucking say it. And 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 globally, people are standing up and saying no enough mm -hmm. enough change change it change it change it because we see you we know who you are we know what you stand for we know you're wrong and we're sick of it so mm -hmm. change it and we're not going to stop until it happens yeah. um i don't know that's yeah no it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's i mean you're you're absolutely right i think um you know it's all it's all relative to you know your comfort level and some people just don't want to be uncomfortable. Right. Um, you know, you can take this as far back as slavery. Like, slave owners actually received reparations for losing their slaves when slaves were free. But slaves couldn't get reparations. Um, and so, when, yeah, so they received, like, funding because it was basically they lost their their industry, their their you know, their workers. So who's going to work these fields? So there was reparations made to farmers that were slave owners. Um, wow. And so when you think about things oh, like that, horrible. it was an uncomfort level. Yeah, because it's not, it's, it, it couldn't have been, well, let me pay people a fair wage to work my fields, or let me just get my ass out here and do it myself. Right. It was, oh, I'm struggling because these people that we don't even classify as human beings right. can no longer do this for me. And it wasn't even that long ago that we were actually allowed to be considered human beings. In, in, in our constitution. So when you think of things like that, you're like, okay, you want to say all lives matter, but for just not even a hundred years ago, we right. weren't even considered a life that did matter. Right. And so it's, 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 it's inherently passed down to people until those myths are debunked. And usually again, it comes from experience. It comes from exposure. It comes from being uncomfortable 
it's okay to have that conversation. It's okay to not just sit on your own assumptions and let that be it. Like everyone wants to arm themselves about knowledge with anything else. I want to get a new phone. Let me go read all the specs of this. I want to know how this thing works. I want to know how good this is. Let me look at the reviews. Right. Let me go talk to somebody else. Do you have that phone? How did it work? But nobody goes yeah. and says, hey, black man, what are you dealing with? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I want to know. I don't get it. I don't understand it, but I'm interested. Tell me what your struggle is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, re- what are you reevaluate doing? our history. Even reevaluate exactly. our history. Like, if you if you go exactly. back through our history, it's horrible. We are we are horrible freaking people. Just yeah. it's not, and it's not not the history that you know your social studies teacher taught you in like you know ninth grade or whatever. No, that that's the crap that they sugarcoated with. So you sat yeah. there and you got taught that, oh, no, the slaves got freed and it was all fine and dandy after that. And pff, that yeah. was it. They're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go and back even, and look at it now. It, it's just horrible. It, it was, it's it's horrible. A, and it's, it is. It's such a glimpse of like, oh, there was, you know, black people who were slaves and then boom, they were let go and free. And now we're here today. Oh, it's right with the world. Why are you mad? Good. You're free now. USA. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you're free now. What is, what's the problem? You know? Yeah. And it's like, listen, we're not totally free, you know, because now what they've done is they've built a system that allows them to continue to keep controlling. Yep. And, and, and you know, my education was always taught and my, my mother and, and, and grandmother, and they, they taught us that the original police were created to catch runaway slaves. Um, that's what they were originally there for. Wow. So what they deem as law enforcement was always programmed to chase and apprehend black people. And why would you think that there isn't any difference in that now? Right. It's, um, it's a disproportionate rate. You know, I have people that argue with me all the time about black and black crime, white or white crime, all these different things. At the end of the day, Stoney, if you and I both get arrested for the same charge, I'm probably 99% of the time I'm going to do double or triple the amount of time for the exact same charge and we could have the exact same record simply because you walked in there as a white man. I'm deemed a threat no matter where I'm at. You know, I'm, I'm viewed that way. And you could, you could even, you could even have a better education, a higher status in society. And it would most likely still be the case as well. Exactly. And, 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 but then they say the law is blind. Justice is blind, but it's not because you got people that are with their eyes open, but tunnel vision to just what they want it to be. So it's the same inherited again, in programming. I see something and I have to classify everyone the same way. You know what I mean? And it's unfortunate because you're still kind of like putting your knee on someone's neck. Um, yeah. How many times, if, if if I grabbed you, Stoney, by your neck and I'm taking the oxygen away from you, how long are you going to sit there before you decide to fight back? Because your life is in danger. So at some point, you're going to say, I can't take this anymore. I can't do this mm-hmm. anymore. You're killing me. I have to defend myself. And what people need to understand in this moment is they should be very grateful that black people are marching for equality and they're not looking for revenge. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Very true. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing you know? because it's so true. Like, you know, yeah. like, like yeah. The, and that's what gets me because I'm like, you guys keep saying that we're just angry. We are angry. Yeah. But we're not giving you what you what we made 
want to do because we know we can't do that. But it's only so many times you're going to take a life unjustifiably. It's only so many times you're going to hurt someone unjustifiably or arrest them or lock them up for crimes they didn't commit. How many times are you going to do that before somebody's going to fight back? And anywhere in history, it's always happened. You can go to any form of slavery, any form of uh, like, I call it like any, any place where there were refugees or any type of concentration camps, people fought back. People didn't just always take it. Eventually, that's what's going to happen. Yep. You know, and and they should just listen. Listen before it gets there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, listen before it gets there because now you're talking about somebody that's going to come out with a full force of anger that's going to be completely irrational in their behavior. You look at you know stories like Nat Turner during slavery times. That's a prime example of what can happen now, but with a lot more freedom. And, and I'm yeah. not hoping that we get there, and I'm not suggesting that that's the route right. that we go, but I can see it turning into a point where people are going to decide to defend themselves. Because if you don't value my life, I got to value it. That's right. Yeah. And you know what? I really hope it doesn't get there, but I'm with you because it's like you you can only take so much. And, mm-hmm. and I love that you, you said I was not in any way laughing at you. I was laughing at which yeah. you like, damn, what a statement. It's true. It's like, you're lucky that we're out here for all of us and we're not just coming out, you know, to mess mm-hmm. things up, which we have we have a right to at this point, well beyond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like, we've, we, you know, our ancestors have been doing this fight for a really long time and you're still just not getting it. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, it's like every day I wake up and I look at the news and I'm like... <laughs> you know, tell me today that those cops have been arrested, you know, like, tell me some justice has been done. And it's still no. And it's just like, why? Why? I mean, I know the damn answer why, but it's just like, they are, in my mind, I think they are the minority at this point. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that they, when I say they, I mean, the the not nice people, and I'm going to just use that word, the the racist people, like, Mm -hmm. are obviously not smart enough to get that they are the minority. Like, globally they're the minority mm-hmm. and i think they feel so so big their egos are obviously so large that they're just not getting it because um, it's just in their bubble i it's, mean it's well, in their bubble they've, and their bubble they've got the mentality they yeah they've got it. the mentality too though that they're right and they're just going to come back with anger about anything anyways mm-hmm. they're, but they're, again they're though, bent on that whole anger yeah but yes. it speaks to their privilege because right. of that privilege they can still have that arrogance Right. And almost get away with it. Right. You know what I mean? Like they, they can come in and say, well, what are you going to do? I'm still going to be right at the end of the day. And they're going to believe me over you. People think that. Right. They right. believe those things. So I can still be angry, but because I'm white, I'm right. It's not necessarily the case. You know, I, I'm all for loving your race. I'm all for that. Like I'm never telling anyone that, you know, if you're a white person and you feel like you only want white people to speak with white people, that's your choice. If you want them to speak with whatever, I could care less at the end of the day about any of that. Right. But the fact that you think any other class of people is less than you because they're different is where I draw the line. Yep. You know, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, you know, it's just what it is. I, I don't, I don't see where you feel like you should come in and, and, and have that arrogance and think that it's okay, but. It's, I equate it to like a stand-up guy. Like I'm talking to I'm talking to Stony and I'm throwing jokes out here, and Stony's like, "Dude, you're so funny. You should just go do stand-up." And now all of a sudden, I think I'm the funniest thing in the world. So I'm just standing on stage and I'm bombing, 
And I'm like, you guys don't get it. Like, Sony thinks I'm funny. You know what I mean? So the rest of you guys are idiots. Sony thinks I'm funny. Yeah. You know? And it's like, that's kind of how it looks. Like, the rest of you guys yeah. are idiots. There is no racism. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, me and my, you know, me and my people are seeing it. There's no racism. So we got to be white because we're the ones that are yeah, seeing to it. Yeah, to not... Yeah, you got to be blind. You got to be blind to not see it, especially nowadays. Yeah, and it is it's out there. The fear that I have every day. My son moved to LA in March, and the day that he announced to us that he was moving, I was almost in tears that day. And it wasn't because he was leaving, it was because my heart started to race that my black son at 21 years old is moving across the country and I can't be there to protect him. And and so, this we had this conversation with him at the dinner table where I had to tell him like, listen, we live in we live in, in, in Loudoun County, Virginia, right now. Um, Loudoun County is considered the richest county in the United States of America. So they treat him a little differently here than he's ever been treated anywhere else. Because the, the first thing they assume that every kid in his neighborhood must have money. They must be affluent. They must have come from. We have the Redskins players here. We have a bunch of. They must think that you must have come from somewhere where you have money. So they don't always put him in these categories until he gets in trouble. And then you are what everybody thinks you should be as a black man, you know? And I had to explain to him though, like he didn't get profiled here. He didn't get pulled over here and just treated differently in Loudoun County because he was black. He's been profiled in other counties because he was black, but he never had, he never had it here. So my fear was that he's gonna go to somewhere like LA and they're gonna see him differently. And the cops, they're different. And I had to explain to him over and over and over. I had to tell him, I said, listen, you can't walk in with this arrogance that they're gonna treat you the way that you were treated here. You didn't have fear of police here because they didn't come to you the way that they're gonna to come to you there. And his his response in arrogance is, I, I know how to handle the police. I'm, it's not gonna be a problem. I got this. The, the, the desperation I had at that point was like, I wanted to shake him. Like, you can't, you can't do that. You can't say that, you can't be that way. I need you to understand that they will kill you. And so it took him a month or so that he's been in, you know, he was in LA and he calls us and he's like, you know, you guys are right. You know, I'm riding down the street on my skateboard. This is a black kid riding a skateboard. Most people deem him as not even close to a threat because he's riding a skateboard first of all. But the cops pull up and slow down and just stare at him and just watch him like they're waiting for him to make a move. So he has to literally, he says, I pick up my skateboard, I stop skating, and I just walk with my eyes straight ahead. I don't even make eye contact. Why should the people who are paid to serve and protect you make you feel like you need protection from them? And why should my son have to feel that way? And and no matter what I tell him, no matter what lessons I give him, there's still a very high probability that he won't come home that night if he ever has an encounter with the police, if he does everything they tell him to do. Right. Del Castro, well, not, uh, uh, Phil, was it? Uh, I forget his last name. The cop, he told the cop, I have a weapon. I'm licensed, I'm licensed to carry. The cop says, okay, we want you to get it. And then oh. when he goes to get it, they say gun and they kill him. And they shot him, yeah. Shot him dead. Yep. What do you suppose, how do you reconcile that? Like, how do I reconcile with my child that I'm telling him, I mean, everything the police officers tell you to do, you do it. You don't make any sudden movements. You don't do this. You don't do that. Um, when I go, I travel for my job. When I go different places, I actually have to tell my family, like, listen, I'm not contemplating suicide. 
I don't think I'm not thinking about taking my life. If anything happens to me, somebody else did it. Let's just be very clear. And I have to say these things. Why should I have to tell my family that? Like, be fearful that I, you know, if I'm in, in, in the backwoods of Texas, that I have to let my family know that whatever happened to me, I didn't do it to myself. Damn. It was not self-inflicted. Most people don't understand those conversations, nope. you know, and to have a black son, I've been having this conversation for a long time. And every year, anytime my son calls me just to hear his voice is a sigh of relief. Not just because I'm happy to hear from him, but I just know it's another day that he's breathing. Because at 21 years old, he was not a day to make it at 21 simply because he's black. So between the, the society that we live in, as far as the, the system against him, and just being a black man in certain communities, he's, a, he's, he's endangered all the way around. And that's tough. And I don't think anyone else ever has to have that conversation with their child. When you get pulled over, just give your license and registration and deal with it. You know, my son called me when he got pulled over one day. Literally, we had just bought him a car. I said, listen, the car you have is like, I call it the Fast and Furious car. So it's got a little spoiler on it. And, you know, it looks like those cars. I said, you're going to get pulled over. Yeah. I said, and they, don't, they don't even have to know who's in it, but you're going to get pulled over because those cars catch attention. They think you have yep. illegal modifications. Yeah. The, the day he leaves my house, the day after we buy the car, he gets pulled over. And he was so frustrated because there was a car in front of him speeding and there was a car behind him and he couldn't go anywhere. But they clocked, they clocked him and gave him the ticket. But when they pulled him over, the guy, the cop literally asked him, you have drugs in the car, you have weapons in the car, can I search your car? And all the lessons I gave my son, he went out the window. He was like, yeah, you can search it because he's like, I don't have anything to hide. I'm like, no, no. don't let them search it. And I'm explaining to him, first of all, we bought this car used. We don't know right. what's in it. You know what I mean? So we we don't know. Like, and and it would be hard to justify that if he planted oh, anything to put in there. Yeah. Exactly. I said, right. so you're putting yourself in a disadvantage. He's like, but I know that I don't have anything. You don't have anything in there. But you don't know what they have. And he yeah. kept saying that the whole time the cops were looking at him because he was he was going on a date. So he had his nice watch on, his nice little clothes. None of it was probably worth over 50 bucks, but it just looked shiny. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> So, you know, but to the cop, he's scanning my son up and down. He's looking yep. at him. He's, he's literally just profiling everything about him. And my, he felt it. And he was just kind of more angry, but he felt like it was going to be a slap in your face when you search my car and find there's nothing. And I tried to explain to him, it didn't have to go that way, though. Like, he could have made something there, yep. you know? Yep. Because you fit the description of something, he could have put you in a situation. No one else has had to educate their children on these things. Nope. You know, no one else has to. And, and the whole time I'm on the phone with him, I'm like, don't hang up. Whatever you do, don't hang the phone up. Don't hang the phone up. And I'm just praying and I'm praying and praying the whole time. Just don't hang the phone up. I just need to hear everything that's going on. Oh. Just, let, just let me hear it. So imagine being a father that you can't even be there to protect your son in a moment that you know for any other black man would take his life. I have to live with that every day, you know, and, and, and until someone can ever really understand that anguish, I don't think that they could really ever tell me that all lives matter because you, you, if they did, you would feel what I feel. Yeah. You know, if everybody said they feel that same anguish against police, it'd be a different story. Yeah. You know, but not everybody feels that, you know, and that's kind of just where I, you know, where I'm at with it. So, I don't so, know, it's tough. So here, so here is the question. I mean, how do how do we? Because I feel like that's the biggest gap is 
you know, it's like you can't make them really, you can't make white families or people really understand what it is to be a black person because they're not black, they're white. And they have lived white all of their lives. That's what they know. So how can we, uh, you know, through this platform, how do we bridge that gap? You know, like that's, that's the solution that I want us to find. I mean, it's gotta be there. There's a way. And, and I, I just feel like there's gotta be somewhere that people can, can hear a message, can get it. These conversations need to be had because I would think a mother's a mother, a father's a father, right? And mm-hmm. until they hear those stories and get that. Like, I mean, I was just in tears when you told me, you know, about your son moving to LA. I've lived in LA, so I know. Um, I've had friends who have come up, I've been in the car and shit got scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine what that feels like. I just, I really cannot imagine. I'm not a mother, period, but. Mm-hmm on a human level, I just can't imagine. Like, those are not the conversations that any parent should be having with their kid. That's not. Yeah, it should be the typical, hey, I need you to safe sex, no drugs, no alcohol. Right. Mine's is, I need you to stay alive today. Right. You know, you know, don't get killed by the police. You know what I mean? That just sum up all those lessons. Like, just don't, don't get killed. You know, and you hear people say these things where if you're obeying the law, you wouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah, that's not so that's not true. I've even seen that firsthand. That's just so not true. Yeah, and my whole thing is like, okay, Karen, you don't want to wear your mask. Maybe we should maybe we should put you in handcuffs and put a knee on your neck since you're breaking the law. How would you feel? You know what I mean? And then if I come back and say, Well, if you were wearing your mask and following the law, right. you know that this would have happened. You know what I mean? Like but white people can always spin it. They always spin. They always seem to have some weird. It's really, it's really creative though. <laughs> it's, really a cre- it's, it's a creative trick, like, Because <laughs> I think what it really, what it really comes down to is most people never want to admit that they're wrong or that something happened that was wrong. It's yeah. just really, it's just what it is. They just don't want to admit it. And I think that when you're faced with something that it seems like a glaring mirror that they're putting in front of you. It's like, no, that's not a, that's not a, it's a beauty mark. You know, they don't want to admit that, hey, no, you got a wart actually on your face. Like, it's, no one wants to (laughs) I think it's like, you know, it's so funny to hear the snowflake shit. And I'm like, you know, yeah, because somewhere along the line, and and I definitely feel like in my my experience watching like my black black friends grow up and their parents and like ha- just how the household the dynamic was was so like well not different from my mom but was so different from like other white families. You step in that home and it's and it's more this like it's exactly that. Oh no, baby, it's not a it's not a pimple, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, it's a beauty mark, you know, like yeah. they are taught like, no, you're, you're fine. You're precious. You're perfect. Like mm-hmm. it's okay. You know? And it's just like the, the realness is just not, and you're a winner. It's like, no, they're not. They're the, they're fucking number 25 out of the line. They're way back there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm and glad that, they completed good job, but no, they're not first place. And that's, and that's been my they're life. Not. Like my, my, <laughs> my family, my family is so real. Like I could, you know, I've gained my 25 pounds. 
during this pandemic. And my, my, my daughter will walk up very clearly and say, Daddy, your stomach is Yeah. Like, <laughs> keep it real. Like, you know, I don't know what's going on. She fell off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's you know. why Daddy was, was riding on a forty mile. <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm riding these bikes now, I'm trying to kill myself. Yeah. Off of me. I always tell my kids, I say, I'm not going to be that dad that's standing at American Idol auditions, knowing you can't sing, letting you embarrass yourself on TV. Yeah. No, baby, that's not true. Like, fix it. Like, let's talk about the real. You know, because I, I need to present that to you because the world is going to give you way more than what I can ever do. Right. And so if I give it to you raw, you're at least going to be prepared for whatever happens outside. Yeah. And it's not, no that, it's, it's not the it. sticker shock. It's yeah. not the sticker shock, as they yeah. used to say, of when you go out there and yeah. you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. What the hell happened? Like, mom, you didn't tell me about this. I was not prepared. I tell my kids, yeah. listen, because my son, my son, his girlfriend is white. And so, and I tell him very clearly, I said, listen, if she loves you, I love you. I could care. I love her. I don't care. I said, but I need you to understand that. There's going to be places you want to go in this society that still frown upon that type of relationship. And you've never been called a nigga before. You know, you've never, well, it happened once, but actually they called me one. He was there. Um, yeah, we, it's a funny story. I'll tell you real quick. So we're, we're at a movie. Here in my face, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, in a, we're in a movie and uh, this lady behind us is literally talking to the whole movie. She's narrating and just commenting. We keep, you know, shh. Be prove, be quiet, we're trying to watch the movie. The entire movie she does this. So, uh, the end of the movie, you know, I just turn around and tell her, man, you know, you paid good money for these seats. It's just really impolite for you to talk through the movie like that. You know, maybe just be more mindful the next time. So she gets in my face and says, you know, uh, what did she say? She said, you can just get the hell out of here, nigga. Uh-oh. I said, oh. So my kids were like, they were going nuts. They wanted to fight and everything. So I don't know what happened. I had a, a large drink of soda that wasn't complete. Somehow, I don't know what happened. Somehow the lady got wet. I don't know. I, I can't, I can't, you know, I don't know what happened. You know, whatever was in that drink, my cup was empty when I left. That's all I know. I don't know how that happened. Um, you know, she was definitely a little bit, you know, maybe she was thirsty. I don't know. But stuck <laughs> her face in your cup. Yeah. So. It just kind of, you know, you know, it was kind of like a wash your mouth out with soap type of thing, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, you know, and it was, you know, for my kids, they felt justified, like, yeah, but <laughs> it, it, it still may not have never changed her feelings towards that. No. Like, you know, and, and I tell my kids, I said, it's, I've been called that a few times in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. The most angriest feeling in the world is for someone to look you in your face and call you that, knowing where it came from. Right. You know what I mean? And thinking, this is what you look at me as? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm no different than, than you. I dealt with racism in the military. I dealt with it in so many different places. And my thing was, you are racist against me because I'm black. We're both in the same military. But if we get deployed to Iraq tomorrow, my job is to keep you alive and your job is to keep me alive. How's that going to work? Yeah. yeah so right? now you've already told me that my life does not matter to you. Yeah. So I'm supposed to put my life on the line for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's what it Oops, I missed. like. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Whoa. <laughs> Friendly fire. You know what I mean? Like, so it's you know you think about it in so many categories that when everybody keeps saying all lives matter, okay, I agree they do. 
but ours matter, matter too. That's all we're saying. Because yeah. you, your all lives matter is not including black lives. Because if it did, you'd be just as angry at the injustices that are happening to black people. That's right. You'd be just as angry at these 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 Mexican kids that are separated from their parents and put in cages at these borders. That's right. You don't tell me that all lives matter and none of this stuff out, you know, makes you outraged. And if it yeah. doesn't, then you can't say that, right? If you can't, because you should be pissed off at that. Because I guarantee you, if I snatched anyone's child and put them in a cage away from you, yeah. how would you feel about it? Not happy. Not happy. Yeah, that's just insane I mean, it's just, that's going on. Yeah. The, the, the fact that people can't put their, sh- their, their their feet in someone else's shoes in that way and just kind of put the shoe on the other foot and say, how would I feel if this happened to me? Right. It's all simple things that we were raised to do, like, you know, do unto others and you would have them do unto you. You treat people. So if, you, if you're if seeing people treated a certain way and you're thinking that that's okay, that really says a lot about you. It's kind of like sociopathic behavior. Right. You know, I don't, you know, I don't believe that that's bad. Like, it can't be that bad. You survived it. <laughs> you know, like, you survived racism. I, I fight every day for my life. Right. You know what I mean? I've, I've had executives tell me that I would never make it as an executive because I'm a big black and then okay. I would intimidate, intimidate. Like they, yeah, I would intimidate nerdy white men is what they would say to me. Um, part of the reason I wear glasses is because I found in my profession it softens me up to people. That's Why should I have to do that? Shame. You know what I mean? Like, because I have tattoos, things like that. They get nervous. I've been asked before if my tattoos were when I was in prison. Wow. You know, um, <laughs> my response to that was, yeah, I went to prison. They said, for what? I said, I killed the last person that asked me if my tattoos were in prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to talk about like, this one right here? Yeah, like, yeah, you got I'll chase my others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, solitary confinement is not that bad. Keep fucking with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did it. I did it for years. You, yeah, so I don't know. It's just, I mean, you know, know. And it's just, it's so, it's like, I, I don't even have the answer yet. Like, where, why, and how, and who the hell? I mean, obviously I know, but like, where was this decision made that the color of a person's skin makes them lesser than, you know? Like, and the science, the science of that is, we all carry the same amount of melanin, and I just learned this from a skin skin shit stuff that I took classes that I took. Mm-hmm. Like we all have the same amount of melanin in our bodies, every single person. It's just a matter of how much is our bodies disperse, which mm-hmm. which makes our color. And so it's like, to me, it's it's on that that much of a very common sense level of like. It's a color of the of the skin. Like it's still a human being sitting in front of you. Mm-hmm. Or this, you know, it's like I said, like who the hell are these white people that just sat around and decided like we are superior, and 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 it still just happens today. And I just it it makes me really effing angry, 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 angry. Um, and, because it's and I'll been be really- passed down through history for many, I mean, many eons. It really has. It's like I know the history of it. It's just like, it's like, can I go back in time and slap some mofos? You know, like, it's just like mm-hmm. that, that that mentality even existed. And I'll tell you this, in all honesty, 
through many moments of my life, I've had these feelings of, I feel ashamed to be a white person. And it's not me personally, you know what I mean? Like, it, and so that's what your people have done. Right? Exactly. Like, it's like, I really feel that. And, and, and I have some days when, when I see just shit still really getting bad, like I still have those moments where I'm like, I am damn ashamed of this. And, and it's not me personally, cause I'm not, I'm not though. I'm not that white person, but it's just like, get it. Like what? Like just be done with it. Like this is horrible. Yeah. So my, my, my theory is, is it starts with dialogue like this, right? I think the dialogue that we're having in the conversation is, is it's gotta be open, it's gotta be raw. Um, because let's be very clear, like stereotypes and bias and, and all those things go across both, right. like all cultures, like we all have one. Yeah. Um, to me, someone being prejudiced and someone being racist are two different things. Um, you know, to be prejudiced is to prejudge, like you're just prejudging, so it's still not good. Right. But you're prejudging someone based off of the information directly in front of you or that you've received, whether it's right or wrong. Right. But racism to me is worse because you don't even get the opportunity to even look at the, the information. You're just basically saying they don't look like me. Though. I don't even right. give a shit what they are, who they are. They don't look like me. They're wrong. Right. And, and so because of that, I think that the education starts here. Like I look at it and I hate multi-level marketing. I hate it with a passion. Somebody calls me and says, hey, if you get three people, if you get three people, and they get three people, we're all going to be rich. But I feel like that mentality needs to spread when it comes to the education. Yeah. I can't, I may not be able to touch everyone in the world, but if I touch you two and then you two touch three, you know what I mean? And we take that responsibility to use the knowledge and information that we've gained and said, look, let's affect the people around us. I feel like a lot of white people have people in their families or people in their circles that have these bias and these bigot ways, but they don't say anything for fear of retribution in their own circle. Sure. So they hear little side jokes, they hear little side comments, and they just kind of laugh it off. To me, that person is just as bad as the one that's saying. If not worse. If not worse. Yeah. Because one, you, one you're a coward. Yep. You know what I mean? And so you being a coward is already going to be a problem. And then two, you just... You can't tell me that you don't see this as being wrong and you don't say anything. Yep. So that responsibility falls on anybody that's doing the injustice. I can promise you if I saw either one of you two walking down Walmart and you saw a lady grabbing her child by the shirt and picking them up by their neck or something, you're going to say something. Oh, yeah. That is wrong. Why would you do that to that child? If you don't have that same mentality with any wrongdoing, then why are you even here? What's your purpose in life? Right, right. You know I mean? Like, you reevaluate where you're at. Wrong right. is wrong. Like. Even if you took color off of it, if I saw right. a police officer with his knee on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds yep. and he stops breathing, I don't care who you are, that's wrong. Yeah. And if you're not outraged about a human life being taken and your only argument is, well, he shouldn't have had a fake $20 bill. So his life was only worth a fake $20 bill to you. You see what I'm saying? Like that thought process is, is so skewed but it only changes from dialogue. It only changes from interactions. As long as they stay segregated into their own circles and they don't have anyone to like permeate that and say, listen, we're gonna give you some real information here. No one's ever really gonna change because they're just recirculating the information they have, which is bullshit. 
Right. You know what I mean? And right. the rhetoric that they've been listening to and spewing for years. My first experience, I, I met a white guy when I first joined the military. Had never seen black people in person until he joined the military. Wow. And his first experience with black people was when he was in the military. And he, you know, he was, when I say the true, what I would call the the, the country boy, I'm talking to John Deere hat, big belt buckle. You know, he was just a country boy. Basic straw. From like, yeah, like he literally lived on a farm his whole life. And he said, you know, yeah, but he was so angry. He came to my room one day, he was in tears. He kept saying, my family has taught me all these hateful things about black people. Oh. And he said that, Black people were the ones that looked out for me when I was in basic training. If it wasn't for the black people, I probably wouldn't have made it. Yep. He said most of the white people were just like, oh, he can't cut it. We don't want to deal with it. Yep. The black people pulled him along and said, no, man, you got it. Let's go. You can do yep. a little push up. You can run a little further. Yep. He said my own people turned on me and they were the ones that looked out for me. Yep. And I said, and, you know, and I said, and that's still wrong that you had to feel that. But it's good that you were experiencing that. Black people aren't bad people. There's bad people across every culture, let's be clear. Yeah. But for the yeah. whole, most people are good at heart. Just most people don't want to share their heart with someone that doesn't look like you. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's true. I I have experienced that same, and I, I think that's definitely something in the white culture. Like, white culture is taught to um, be very competitive, doggy dog world. You step on mm -hmm. a neck to get to the top. That's mm -hmm. that's how it's taught. Even in that is like no color to do with it. Um, and so I have experienced that. Like my my upbringing, my mom, because where she grew up, there was race, racism in our family that was like that n not um, not out loud and announced, but in mm -hmm. the you know, in the house it was known. And my mom was like, no. I mean now, but here's what's funny about that is like. Her mother, my grandmother, is like half Portuguese. You know what I mean? Like we're mixed. Mm -hmm. We're not. It's not a full European blood. And so, anyhow, my mom decided like I'm not going to have my kids race like this. And so she was intentional. And so, um, I forgot where I was going with any of that. But um, shit. She wanted to make sure that we we grew up around multiculture. And we did. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I, I've always been treated by white people as if I were an outsider. I never fit with the white people. Like in schools, the white people didn't like me because I wasn't, I wasn't rich like they were, or I wasn't like, mm -hmm. I just wasn't like they were. Um, mm -hmm. Because I grew up around, you know, Filipinos and black people and Hispanic people, like those were my people. Mm -hmm. And so I have always felt more love from other cultures than the white culture. And, and it's always been that way for me. And I have found the black people are more open and friendly and loving um, than most white people who would just straight up turn their cheek and cut you off and sell you mm -hmm. out um, and use you to get to the top, step on you, you know, to even get to the yeah. top. There's no sense of, I think it just, it lacks this sense of like community, you know? There's but think think about it, even if you look at it from a, a broad perspective, every plantation had their own. So their responsibility was just their plantation. I just need to survive. My farmland needs to make it. 
I don't really care what's going on with the other plantation unless one of those slaves runs away, then we get we can jump in. Right. So that programming is there. The exactly. same thing on the black side. We survived because we had to stick together. Right. You know what I mean? We had to look out for one another. Yeah. You can't pick cotton as hard as you, you could because you're injured. I'm gonna pick a little bit more for you. Right. You know, I'm I'm in healthy years, so I can give you some cotton so that we all get our fair share today. Wow. So that way we don't get whooped. So so that sense of loyalty has always right. been there in community because we've had to have it. Right. You know what I mean? You you, you put right. a bunch of people, yeah, and you can't you keep them captive for years. Why would they not become a pack? Right. You know what I mean? Because they rely on each other. It becomes that tribe, like you have your tribe. Exactly. I never and thought survival. about that. That makes yeah. total sense. Yeah, and like so those same programming. Yeah, those same programmings are still there. You know, uh, uh, whites in that point of time were like, listen, as long as my farm well, my farmland is doing well, and right. my, you know, I can still provide for my family. Right. I don't care about you know, like Jimmy down the, you know, down the street. He's good. He, he'll make it. He had a drought. That's fine. I didn't. You right. know, I was able to irrigate and get better. You know, right. it was it was a selfish thing because they all had to make it. And yeah. it was still that cutthroat of, you know, his land bumps against my land. I need to get more land. I can make more money. Right. They were always looking at how they could get ahead of each other. Our whole point was survival. Right. You know, and that's what we've been living off of for a long, long time. That's why I said it's only so long that you're going to, we're going to keep just surviving before we start fighting. Right. You know, because right now we're coming together and people are starting to mobilize. And what's happening is, the communities are realizing that there's a strength in the number, especially when you starting to get more people that don't look like you that understand that this is an injustice. And so that strength is rising. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm, I, I definitely don't want people like George Floyd or any of those deaths to happen. But to, given the state of the economy, given the, the, the leadership that we have in office today, right. this happening literally single-handedly is probably going to run him in the office um, because his responses to it has shown very clear what his where his loyalties lie when it comes to that. And people are like, "Look, man, your bigoted your bigoted ways are way too much right now. Yeah. Like this is too much. Wrong is wrong, and if you're not going to stand out against that, we can't give you another four years of this shit." You know, because if this happens again and you keep promoting this, they're going to burn this whole country to the ground. Yeah, it will. You be. know, <laughs> you know, it's definitely it's definitely opened up for for um, a lot of the younger kids, too, that that had that mentality from the last election. Well, exactly. I don't want to vote for him. I don't want to vote for Clinton. Now they realize that you got to vote because if you don't, yeah. we're going to get stuck with that again. And, and, and I think, and, and it's funny that you say that too, because I was telling my daughter the other day, I said, um, I'm so proud of your, your your age group. I said, I, I couldn't stand you guys growing. I said, I thought your demo, your age demographic, this was the most entitled generation I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You guys think you should just deserve everything. Yeah. And I said, but that sense of entitlement is what are putting you guys on the front line right now and why you guys are fighting. Because you're basically saying, you guys taught us liberty and justice for all, but where the hell is it? everybody's not getting it and we demand it today they're a lot more tolerable of you know religions races sexual preferences than the previous generations before them and they're basically saying we don't give a shit who you love we don't give a shit what you look like we all deserve the same rights and freedoms as everyone else you know and i think that their energy is what we have to get behind now because we didn't do enough in our generation we didn't fight hard enough so now we need to put our resources that we have more of 
then maybe them and put it into them because their energy is going to go a lot further than ours is. You know, most of the protests that I've seen that were conducted in our area were done by kids that were under 25 years old. Amazing. That's awesome. Amazing. The sense of pride you have when you see like your child, basically a kid, your child's age, basically saying, dad, we got this. Yeah. You know, they, they've been killing you guys. Long. We're not going to let this happen anymore. Yeah. And then his white friend standing next to him saying, yeah, this is bullshit. I don't yeah. tolerate this. Yeah. Mom, I know you don't like black people, but I love them and yeah. I'm not going to let them die. Yep. And those things are empowering. And it's getting that old, good old boy system out of the way. Because yep. basically what, it's just like when they're bully, right? Most bullies don't, don't do, they keep bullying as long as you're not fighting back. That's right. You know what I mean? As long as you stay in fear, that's their power. Yeah. And then yep. as soon as that kid that they thought had their side steps up for the person being bullied, yep. oh, everybody's against me now? Yeah. Now, now the bully is being bullied. They're not. They're just being, hey, stop your shit. We've had enough of that. And that's where we're at now. And I think we just got to put these resources into that generation and say, look, what do you need from me? You know, is it money? Is it time? Is it education? And we keep passing the knowledge that we have, the lessons that we've learned, and, and rewrite that history that they tried to paint this picture of. You know, let's really flip that page and look behind it and talk to these kids because they are, these kids are amazing right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so in awe of what they're doing. They are. And, and you know what? It's true. I had the, you know, I had that kind of like, oh boy, millennials, you know? Um, and not that all of them were like that, but yeah, I think it, one of the things I've realized is like just being a kid in general. Right. I mean, when we were younger, it's like, it's when you're just full of like your, you know, your, mm -hmm. your spark and, and your sass. And like, what's really cool is, is, and and also when you're young, you're like, no, I have a voice and I have a mind and I want you to hear, you know, I want you to hear me and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, go do your homework. Um, and and today they have an outlet. They have a positive mm -hmm. outlet. Mm -hmm. um, and it's teaching that generation and the next generation um, how to use their voice, what, mm -hmm. you know, what to use their voices for and their energies for rather than just like these senseless, mindless things and sitting mm -hmm. around and waiting for something to land in their lap. And so it's like, uh, I was speaking with this beautiful like woman the other day and she she said something and, and I was like, yeah, th that's exactly it. It's like our world at simultaneously is being divided and uniting at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, so while it's really hard to watch, it is so amazing at the Absolutely. same time. You know, absolutely, absolutely. It's just like I have to. Some some days I can only take so much of the bad, but I make myself watch it because I have to. I mm -hmm. have to see it. Um, but I also have to take care of my mental health and my spirit. And so some days I have to just focus on like all these like really cool positive things that people are doing, where they're getting mm -hmm. creative and like getting the message out there and or you know milestones that are happening justices that are being made mm -hmm. um, and it just um it's a crazy time right now and it is it's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's refreshing though because you know I, I was one of those guys that said how many more times are we going to march right you know what i mean i mean we, we, i'm tired of walking i'm tired of marching like i'm tired of seeing people march like it's not getting us anywhere I know people, and, and I was one of those people that was kind of against um, 
like riding and booting. And I, was, I still don't necessarily agree with it. Right. I understand it though. Um, I understand it. And I tell people that even with riding and looting, it speaks to a systemic racism that's still there. Because the reason I'm like, why would you want to steal from Target is because I, it's not, a, it, it baffles me because I can buy whatever I want from Target. Right. So if you live in an inner city community where you've been denied opportunities, your education has been less than everyone else's, you don't have the, uh, the, the, the same privileges that others have, you don't give a shit about Target. Yeah. You know, Target doesn't care about me. It's a billion dollar store and they barely want to pay me minimum wage. I'm going to burn this shit to the ground. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm going to take me a TV while I'm at it because you're going to replace it anyway. Right. That's, that's, and so it, it speaks to more issues that are constantly happening in, in the black communities that I don't think people pay attention to. Because right. most of the people that were stealing from these places are people that more than likely could not get it on their own any other way. Oh, yeah. But you know what know, I mean? Yeah, but you know, it's like, it's all, it, and that is completely not seen, heard, or gotten. It's oh, look at these criminal thugs just taking yeah. the opportunity to go bang out some windows and steal some televisions. Those, look at those rowdy black thugs, you know? And it's exactly. Like, I'm like, oh, well, it's just... There, there's, there's a couple different sides of that story from stuff that I've heard. I mean, you do have certain sides, though, where people have used all these peaceful protests as nothing more as a cover. And, and this goes to, like, what you had said earlier, there's always bad people in every group. Yeah, and you get some of these absolutely. bad people that'll infiltrate all these peaceful protests. Someone, someone trying to get a good message across, but unfortunately now you have the lovely news media outlets, and all they focus is on the fact of, well, yeah, but five of them broke off and broke into a store. Mm-hmm. That's because that's exactly what they were there to do. Right. They weren't yeah. there for the peaceful protest. They were using that as a cover for them to go oh, yeah. break exactly. someone's store. Exactly. Yeah, my only. So My sorry. only other issue, though, is with some with some of this looting, which I mean, I, I do somewhat understand. But on the same aspect, it comes down to there's been now granted like a huge corporation like Target and whatnot. They've gone ahead and made statements in some areas now that where one of their stores got burned down to the ground. They're like, OK, well, we're not coming back. That kind of I mean, it's 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 hurtful in, in, in a few ways just simply because that also now hurts the community permanently in the, in the aspect of, of jobs for people that, that, you know, did work there. Now they'll never have a job again or, or maybe now they have to go somewhere out of the city to actually get another job. And, and I agree with you or, on that. Or maybe they get funded to start their own mom and pop shop and we get rid of the big damn box and do some like, you know, community and, and, yeah. and, 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 and to me, that's what I was going to say. It leads to an opportunity. Yeah. The, concern I, the concern I have with that is, okay, if you're deciding not to come back, what were you doing for that community in the first place? In the first place, right. Because if that, yeah, community, agreed. Felt agreed. Like, if that community felt like you truly had their back, yeah, they wouldn't have never attacked it. Yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, there's so many businesses that sit in these communities that make money off of the community, but do nothing for their community. That's right. You know what I mean? When oh, I agree. grew up, yeah. When I when I grew up, I had basketball courts I could go to. I could go play ball. I could do. You know, I had things that I could do. When I go back home now, none of those courts exist. These kids have nowhere to go. They have nothing. They they actually the city at one point actually paid a guy in the evenings to let us play in the school from like six to ten. He'd be open Monday through Friday, so we could go and and hoop. The gym would be open and we'd go and play ball there. And if it was really good games and he had to close early, we could just play on the outside court. 
those opportunities aren't there anymore. Why weren't you putting, why isn't Target putting a basketball court in there? Why didn't they contribute to the community center in that area? Why are they not doing any type of activism or sending kids on trips, teaching them different skill sets, doing workshops, hiring kids beforehand, before they even turn 16, showing them how to work. They're not doing any of these things. Most of these people that are in there are already fighting just for you to give them a better wage and it's not even a living wage. Right. It's so not, you're upset agreed. and you're saying you're not coming back. Well, I wasn't living off that shit anyway. I had to work right. three jobs. You know what I'm saying? So don't come back. That's fine. I'll figure it out. They've always figured it out. The one thing about black people is they survive. Yep. You see what I'm saying? When they protest back in the day, when Rosa Parks start, sparked that protest, nobody got on a bus. How did they get to work, though? Everybody did it. And they had to go across town. They're not concerned about that because they're yeah. concerned about if you really cared about this community, you would come back, but do more when you come back. Yeah. You know, just telling me you gave me a job is no different than a slave master saying, I hired you back even though you're free now. That's right. And this form of control. That's exactly. A, let me let you know how low you are and how I'm doing you this grand favor. You know, and and yeah. I agree with you. Don't come back because we don't need you. Because all you big box corporations do nothing but make you know slave labor somewhere else to make all your damn products. Overcharge here, give the people that are here shitty wages that are not livable wages. You don't care about any of them. You don't. Mm -hmm. You and, don't. And, and if you could, if you could figure out how to make your target run from Mexico, they would do it. I mean, if they could do it from Mexico, they would do it because they know that they could get it cheaper. The only thing is you have to have the businesses there and you have to hire there. And the only way you're going to get anybody really to come in is probably mainly through the, the community. And these people are going to take these jobs because it's the, it's the best that they have in that town. Yeah. But even if you own a business, because I had this argument with one of my friends, he's like, but some of the businesses that were burned down were Black-owned businesses. And I had to make it very clear to him that these businesses weren't Black-owned. They owned the placard on the wall. The building was owned by a white man that if he decided to change the lease or raise the lease, they still couldn't keep their business. And that happens all the time. Right. You know what I mean? I know businesses for a fact that when they saw the business do well, they doubled their lease because they wanted them to make, they want either, either they're thinking they're going to capitalize off of it or I'm going to run you out of business. Yep. You know? And so when you, to me, real, real, real power comes in ownership. Yep. You know, and so if Target wants to come in place, they say, listen, what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, we're going to have a small franchise, like a, a, a satellite store, and we're going to franchise that out to someone in that community. Uh -huh. Right. You know what I mean? Right. We'll pay the franchise fees to get it started. We want someone in that community to run the store. Or I guarantee you. Or how about they offer like real grants and real money for the community to start start their own damn business in the community? Exactly. You know? Why are you not doing that? What scholarships are they offering to those people in that yeah. community? When people don't feel like you have a vested interest in them, yeah, you telling me I have a job is not enough because I can get another one. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I mean I'm either struggle with you, or I'm gonna struggle with McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. I'm still struggling. You know what I mean? And so. It, I feel like every business has that responsibility to their community they're in. I don't care what community it is, you should be a part of that community. That's right. You know, I can appreciate any business that when I come to my kid's school when they were in high school and I see them there at the school supporting the school, not only just cutting a check, but they're simply there really supporting the schools that they're funding money behind. Yeah. Why would I not want to support and patronize that business? They care about these kids in this community. You know, but if you don't put anything into them, What's... Don't don't expect to get anything back. Oh, yeah, very. 
Nope, that's all. That's all very true. It's such that pouty, like corporate. Well, I'm going to take my ball. We're just not coming back then. It's like, yeah. take your stupid take ball. Take your fucking ball. Take, take this ball. fucking ball. I don't give a shit. Your ball sucked anyway. You didn't have enough air in it. So take it. You know what? We're going to make a freaking b-ball court right here in your damn parking lot where your old ass store used exactly. to be. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and 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 I think that um you know these. these all the points and the way that I see it is, is very clear, like very similar to yours, Tony, because I said the same thing, like, damn, now these people are going to be without a job. Right. And then I had to kind of like process this thing a little bit further. You know what I mean? Like, I had to look at it from that 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 moment when slaves were free. And in order to make a living wage, they had to get hired back in some, some of the same fields they were slaves at. And so they were barely making enough to survive on that land. And the slave master's thing is, I'm giving you a job, that should be enough. Be happy I'm hiring you. And I'm not, you know, stringing you up from a tree right now. So when you when you see this kind of mentality, like, fuck your job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, it, it, to I'm me, for you to tell me now. that you're not coming back to this community, yeah. take your shit and go. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want you back here because we didn't yeah. care about the community anyway. Yeah. Now, if you tell me, you know what, we're going to come back, we're going to build it stronger, and we're going to figure out how we can integrate into this community the right way, I guarantee you the next time some shit happens, that store probably won't get touched. Yeah. And if it does, because you started seeing this happen over time, people were protecting these businesses. They were. You're not going to come in here and do this. You're not going to make a mockery of our protests. Yep. You know, people are standing up for what's right. Yep. But don't be on the wrong side of that. Damn, I have to say, I was so, so impressed and proud and just like wowed by these um, activist leaders that, I mean, they were so on top of it where they were like, and, and it was like social media was blowing up. So it, it was almost like we were all globally watching the same multi-channels. But the minute that the antagonist came in and started shit and oh my God, I loved it when they busted all those cops like who were busting out the windows and like yeah. turning over police cars and setting them on fire and spraying Black Lives Matter on shit. Um, when that these these Black Lives Matters leaders stood up and were like, okay, wait a minute, like we got to get our people straight because we're not going to be confused and we're not going to fall into their trap. And we know we have a lot of young people out here who their emotions are high and they're being led by the wrong people. And they literally, mm -hmm. I mean, just like, I'm like, I mean, we're so well organized in okay, this is what we need to do. And then you started seeing that just like lining up in front of stores and and literally having face-to-faces with like, no, brother, this is not how we do it. Don't don't mm -mm. fall into the trap. This is not what we're going to do. This is not what it's about. Like, we need to focus. And that's necessary. And it's it necessary. And that they had, it was like having to educate the young generation who were coming out with just emotion mm -hmm. and reaction, understandably, but like quickly like, okay, wait, we need to educate them. We need to let them know how to be in these protests, how to stay safe what to look for, what to watch for, how did the numbers to have. I mean, I was just like blown away at, at how well they they managed to manage this. I mean, like on a global aspect. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's, 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 it's one of those things where you're, you're looking at it and you're saying like, because um, one of my boys was like, man, some people were just like, like kind of what you said, Stoney, that they were there to get stuff started. The police were sometimes, they felt like they were, you know, implanted in some of this to, to make this look bad. So that's kind of what they were doing. And so I even spoke to that and I said, well, to me, it still goes back to the same thing. 
this white man can walk up to this black kid and put a brick in his hand and he still got that kind of control over him that he throws it. And I said, and that's where the education needs to, to come where you, you know what side of right you're on, but they're both uneducated. So when you put two uneducated people together with a bunch of emotions, you're going to get a bad result. It's just what it is, yep. you know? So everybody has to be educated around the board, but we need people that are going to stand up for what's right. You know, I hold everyone accountable for that. If if I was walking past you at a bar, Stoney, and I heard your friends telling some off-the-cuff race joke, and you were just as laughing at it and thought it was funny and didn't put a stop to that, I'd be pissed at you. And I'd be like, you know, dude, I hold you accountable for that. Like, I'm not mad at them because I know that they're ignorant, but I know you know better. Because yep. we've had a conversation. So for you know better, you're not doing better. What side of this are you on? Right. And I think that everybody should question that. Yep. If you know what's right and you know what's wrong and you're not standing up for what's right, then you're on the side of wrong. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's to see something, say something, hear something, say mm-hmm. something. You have to have those conversations. My, you know, again, there are members of my family that are racist and they're the quiet ones. Um, they're not the ones that actively seek to do harm, but they have the racist the mindset, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and many, many years ago, my one of my cousins, she was in her pajamas. It was on a Sunday. She was sitting on the couch and she was watching uh, some sort of sitcom. And uh, I'm walking into the, the living room where she's at. I can see the TV and her mom is passing her and literally turns around and says, get off of the couch and go get dressed. You're not gonna sit around and watch black TV shows all day and just be lazy. And I was like, yo. <laughs> and and they both turned around. I was like, so if it were a white sitcom, she could sit around in her pajamas and be lazy all day? Or is it just cause it's a black sitcom that she can't sit around and watch and be lazy all day? Or I'm just confused at what the message is. And then I'm confused at what the message is that you're sending to your 13 year old daughter just now. And, and cause she didn't see me behind her. So she felt comfortable to be loud about it because they all know how I feel, but she got caught and like her face just dropped. And I said, so I'm just waiting for the answer. Is it because it's a black show that she's watching or is it because you don't want her to be lazy all day Sunday? Like, let's just make sure that we're getting the message clear. Mm-hmm. And she said, because I don't want her to just sit around and be lazy all day. I said, okay, so then let's be clear to your 13 year old daughter what black had to do with what you you yelled at her today about because she seems to obviously really like the show but now you're telling her that it's a bad that this is a bad thing yeah, and you're lazy for watching <laughs> and you're lazy for watching it and she didn't have shit to say but what it did do is my cousin who was young came to me after that and her and I had a very honest conversation she was a very curious smart little girl Um, And she asked me what that was about. And I asked her how it made her feel. And she said, I don't like it. My parents make comments all the time and I don't like the comments that they make. And so what I had to teach her is, is you follow your heart and you follow your gut because you're right. And you just have Mm -hmm. to realize that they are not educated and that stuff was taught to them and they have have chosen to not unteach, unteach themselves. I said, but you can always teach yourself and so educate yourself and you don't have to follow those same footsteps you know Absolutely. Um, 
And that's good. I'm glad that you did that. I have so my shirt, I haven't showed it to you yet. My shirt says, Dear racism, I am not my grandparents. Sincerely, these hands. (laughs) I love it. So, you know, not that I'm condoning violence. I'm just saying that sometimes cups get empty when racism kind of comes into you know, there's no room for a full cup and racism. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So, you yeah. know, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that, you know, you see the, like a trail of empty cups. You're like, this is been here and, like, and there's been some some bad words said around this part of town. Because it, 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 it was funny because the next couple of movies we went to, my kids were always laughing at me. It was like, Dad, do you have to uh, start drinking your cup just in case? Just in case. <laughs> Oh my god. Like I don't think it's gonna be a but I Yeah, but I think though like those conversations are necessary. Like yeah. to, to, to check them at the door and yeah. to provoke to, to promote that thinking because although you may have um um been in a situation where you you don't necessarily disagree you you might still have these same views now you've planted a seed in them that it can come back and say hey i completely am different now because somebody's planted the seed and it may not water right it may not fertilize right, right away right. but at least you're getting to the, the young impressionable mind right. and i'm sure when she gets more outspoken she's going to say mom and dad that's not good and it's going to still ring back to the lessons that you gave and that's how it starts and then, you know, you just hope that they're never in a situation where it has to be something drastic for them to learn that black people love you just like white people love you. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't want to be in that kind of situation where it's something drastic that happens and it took someone out of another race to show you that we're all human beings. Yeah. Because it just comes down to basic humanity at the end of this, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It does. Really you know, I love every life and I don't want to see anybody in a situation that they shouldn't, you know, that's, that's detrimental to their life. And if you can't have that basic principle in your own life, then I feel like you should reevaluate your purpose and what you're here for, (laughs) you know? Yeah, agreed. Because that's what we're all here for, ultimately. Like, let's just do right. Let's do good by We're here. We're creators. We're creators created by the creator, a creator. And, um, And we're here. Our purpose is to do, is to treat one another and do wonderful things in this world. It's not to build big, big buildings and have lots of money in our pocket and just be this like corporate cash cow machine. Like we're here for such a greater purpose that we haven't even touched on. And, mm-hmm. and in my heart of hearts, I feel like the Black Lives Matter movement um, is really, it's the movement and it's, it's gonna be, the, it's the wave that's going to get us there globally Mm-hmm. start connecting spiritually on whatever level anyone chooses to do so um, and and start reevaluating like what is our purpose and what is my purpose and how can I be the best version of myself therefore how can I you know put good things out into the world and so that's what the Black Lives Matter movement in a larger definition means to me um, and and first and foremost it means you know, Black lives are in danger. They have been in danger. They're still in danger today as we're talking. Um, I'd hate to think of how many people were injured, harmed, and or killed, you know, out there Mm -hmm. front lines fighting or just trying to go home. Um, And the sad part about that is more people were arrested for protesting the killing of Breonna Taylor 
yeah. than the people that actually killed Beyonce. Yeah. You know, put that in perspective. You know what I mean? The 87, um, I I know I'm going to say her name wrong, and it's I'm bad with names. She's a she's a, a huge figure, public figure, and activist. It was like 87 of them were arrested arrested for peacefully protesting. I have it on my IG page. Everybody needs to go sign the petition. Um, but arrested and now given felonies. All of them have felonies. And then there was this white group of racists who protested, like in did their own protest. I think. Mm-hmm. It was- Kentucky and they lynched the did a dummy lynch of the mayor or the governor and mm-hmm. like nobody was arrested no one was arrested the people who killed Brown and Taylor they're so, still not arrested where the hell are those people by the way where are those cops you know like they're 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 in hiding they, I'm sure you know. yeah I was gonna um, say they're they're in some some room locked behind a door somewhere yeah. safe, probably but, armed because they're probably afraid I and, bet you know which they should be. And it's, you know, it, I feel like there should be so much accountability in the police department when it comes to these type of things. And, you know, I have so many different ideas and thoughts that I think are necessary, you know, that I think may help. I don't know if it's something that is all doable, but I feel like, um, you know, the word defunding doesn't necessarily mean take away money completely it just means reallocate it like they really need to reallocate funds into resources that are properly training um the people in in, in those communities um first and foremost i feel like if, if a vast majority of your police department does not live in the community they serve that should be an issue too yeah like because you're going to relate to the people that you live next to more often than not you know what I mean? When you go to apartments and you see the courtesy patrol officer that lives in that neighborhood, he's usually a lot more friendly there. He's a little more aware and alert, but he's not going nuts, but he's making sure that the neighborhood I live in is safe. Yeah. But, but when you, like, the, 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 the cops in my neighborhood, he told me, I can't afford to live here. I have to go 13 hours a week extra of overtime just to make ends meet in the county next to this. Because I can't afford to even live in that county. Right. And he said, so what vested interest does he have to care about someone in this community when he's already overworked, he's underpaid, he's living this high-stress job every single day? Now you want him to go out here and make a sound judgment? He's angry from the beginning. Yeah, You know what I mean? And so I'm not even saying that all cops are bad. I feel like they're putting him in situations where emotions and mistakes happen. You know? And I'm a firm believer, like... You know, and I think we've had this conversation before, Tony. I tell people, police officers just don't have the luxury of making mistakes. Right. Um, neither does a doctor, neither does a pilot. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, I just don't believe that. Like, I don't want to get on my plane and the pilot. Like, yeah, we might land, we might not. You know, we'll let you know. When the wheel's touching, we're still breathing. That means we've made it. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear that. Like, you want to feel... You got us so lucky today. I found the switch to get the wheels down. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. We, we, we've made it. Like, no one wants to, to, to be in a situation where your life is in danger because this person decides if he wants to do his job the right way. Yeah. On that note, Bishop, I think that's a great topic for our next show. Absolutely. Um, I think that'd be a wonderful topic. I want to thank you guys for joining. Um, we didn't do our shout outs, so we're going to do those now. Uh, please okay. go follow Black Surfing Rockaway on Instagram. Their website will be launched soon. They're in Rockaway, New York. Uh, they did a paddle out, which is now known global wide for. Uh, George Floyd and um, 
uh, and the Black Lives Matter movement. Sorry, guys, my, my brain is going nappy time. So go check them out. They're really good people. They do great things for the community. They offer free surf and skate lessons, uh, safety lessons. They provide the boards, all the wetsuits. They do cooking classes, all kinds of great events. And it's it's all about um, making sure that there's a strong community for those children and keeping them out of trouble and teaching them some good things. And then, uh, Bishop, you have something you want to... Um, right now, I have my uh, t-shirt line. It's called Conscious Concepts, um, K-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-K-O-N-C-E-P-T-Z.com. Um, same name with underscore in between for IG. Um, all shirts that promote like the positive image of the Black community. Um, you know, we do custom shirts as well. So if anyone ever needs anything custom-made, definitely hit us up. But anything that we provide to our website is something that's going to be at a positive outlet. So it won't be anything that's crazy or to me, you know, what would be deemed inappropriate. But definitely go and check it out. Definitely check them out. I've seen the designs. They're rad. Um, Stoney, you have anything you want to plug in? Sadly, no, I do not. That's okay. Okay, so on our next episode, uh, we will have another guest, a surprise special guest, uh, which will be another female. So there will be four. We will have two men's and two women's. Two nice. Whites, two whites and two blacks. And we're going to try nice. to keep it even and equal. <laughs> and we're going to keep having these raw conversations. So thank you for listening. Everybody stay safe. Sending love and light. And yes, you know what? Uh, black Lives Matter. Yes, Black Lives Matter. Thanks, guys. Yes, they do. Thank you.